Hello and welcome to another Milwaukee Admirals podcast with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims. Excited to talk to this gentleman. Uh, we thought, Charlie, that he was the last player from the Calder Cup championship team still active as a player. Uh, Scotty Upshaw blew that out of the water, unfortunately, with his comeback attempt this past 1920 season. But uh, maybe second longest here if you, if you don't count. Well, longest if you don't count Scotty. Right. So uh, joining uh, us now... From his home in Langley, British Columbia, is Brandon Siegel. Brandon, it's good to see you. It's good to talk to you. Uh, how are things going uh, for you? Uh, first off, it's great to see you guys. Um, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty well. Um, you know, we're starting to lift a little uh, some of the sanctions here in British Columbia, so getting out a little bit more, and the rinks are opening, and so I've, I've been doing a lot of coaching, and you know, it's nice to kind of get back to a little bit of normal. How are you, hard was it? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Charles. I was just going to say, who are you? Who are you coaching? Just uh, uh, local minor teams or what? Yeah. So just basically, um, uh, it's a it's a spring hockey uh, kind of team that I've been doing. But there's a bunch of different levels, and I've just been going out and and helping out. And I, I since May 16th, when the rinks first opened, I've probably done 35 hours on the So I've been out there, you know, quite quite often. Quite a bit, nice. huh? Yeah. How, how hard was the decision to, to not play anymore? Um, it was hard. Uh, you know, it's never, it's never easy because, um, you know, the, the only thing I've known my whole life was, you know, it's hockey and, to, you know, to stop and, and to, you know, kind of think what you're going to do next is obviously tough. And, um, but uh, I, I, you know, I had a great career and, and, you know, I just, I feel like my daughter is, she's seven now and she's going into the grade, she'll be in grade two next year. And then, um, you know, I kind of wanted, you know, a little bit of um, foundation at home and, and, you know, she's playing minor hockey and my son, he's four now and I just want to, uh, yeah, I just want to have a little, you know, stability with them. And um, I had a, an opportunity to, to possibly go back, but it just kind of wasn't worth it and, and uh, yeah, so I decided to retire, and but I've been enjoying it. it took a kind of a year off last year, and just uh, trying to figure out what I want to do next. And yeah, so you feel better. You you are all those sixteen years of professional hockey bumps and bruises starting to work their way out of the system. Yeah, you know, to be honest with you, I I, you know, I left the game and with you know you know a lot of health. Um, I. Um, you know, it was really relatively healthy in my career. I never had any major injuries, you know, a couple broken bones, but nothing too serious. And um, many, many stitches in the face. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm married now, so it doesn't matter. But, uh, you know, I've been, uh, you know, I, um, as I said, I really enjoy my career and, and I've been enjoying my, uh, my time away from the game. Was the, was the family with you in Germany? Yeah. Yeah, they were. Um, uh, they always travel with me and. It's kind of funny that I, I played four years in, in Nuremberg, and um, I tell you, I couldn't, can't speak German at all. I was just going to oh ask you, how, how is yeah. your German, your Deutsch? I tell you what, you if you want to go to McDonald's, Charlie, I can order you a Happy Meal and anything, you know, <laughs> anything from there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it was, it, I mean, it was, it was really easy to get around there. Everyone spoke English, and our team was run by, you know, Canadians, so it was uh, – and all the uh, Germans on our team spoke perfect English. So they, 
some of them spoke better English than I did. So, <laughs> what was the what was the import rule on the, in, in, over there for you guys? You can dress nine, but I think you can sign eleven. I think it was so. Yeah, a lot of imports. It's an import driven league, um, but uh, I, I I loved it. I loved my time there. And if someone told me I had to live in Nuremberg the rest of my life, I would have no problem. Yeah. That, what, was so spe- what was so special? What was so, what was so great about it? I, I think, to be honest with you, um, it had a lot to do with the guys on the team. They were like just amazing guys. We were really close. We had a great team. Um, I had an awesome coach there too, Rob Wilson, who was uh, coached there for three years, and then he left uh, my last year, which is which which was too bad because. Uh, um, Obviously, the, the year wasn't that great my last year, but uh, for the first three years there, it was amazing. And we had, as I said, awesome guys on the team, lots of big names too, like Ryan Preck, Danny Heatley, Brendan Press. Like, we had some huge names. Um, and um, as I said, like, the city too was was awesome. And everything was – it's kind of, a, uh, you know, a, a big city and a little city. It was about 500,000, but uh, – everything was walking and yeah there's lots of great restaurants and you know bars and like milwaukee yeah i was just gonna say just like milwaukee some couple good irish bars there too that i kind of stumbled into (laughs) that you may have been into a couple of times (laughs) may may have been into that that's right let's 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 go back 16 17 years you're uh, a nashville draft pick uh, playing your overage year, right, in, uh, for, for Calgary. And yeah. you, this doesn't, you don't see this happen very often where you signed in the middle of the season, uh, of yeah. the 0304 season. What happened there that caused you to just say, hey, I think it's time to turn pro now and join a pretty amazing team. Uh, but there had to have been something that wasn't there in the summertime that made you cause, to, cause you to move in the middle of the season. Yeah, so um, I was really excited uh, going into that that year. Um, uh, I remember at the uh, summer camp, I had a great summer camp, and Ray told my agent, he's like, "Look, if Brandon comes into shape at camp and has a really good camp, you know, we'll we'll talk contract." And uh, so I came to camp like really prepared, uh, was in great shape, had a great camp. And then uh, they asked me to go down to Milwaukee for camp. And I went down there, had a great camp. I remember going into Claude's office and he's like, he's like, I want you on the team. You made the team. I just, uh, you just need to figure so, out the contract sorry. situation. Yeah. So yeah. Um, they weren't, uh, they, they said they had no contracts available to sign me to an entry level. Off- I think they offered me uh, an American league deal at the time. Sure. And I mean, it wasn't worth it, you know. So I went back to junior. I was I was devastated, though. I wanted to be there from the start. I, I felt like I deserved to be there. So, I, you know, it was tough. I, you know, had to go back to junior for the – I was there for, what, two and a half months maybe? Yeah. And uh, had, a, had a great start to the season there. And then it was around Christmas time. I came back. I was actually back here in Vancouver for Christmas vacation. And my agent called me. He's like, hey, uh, you know, we're talking contracts right now. So just to let you know. So and then two days later, I ended up signing uh, my entry level deal. And, and then I packed up my stuff in Calgary. And then way I came to Milwaukee. And it's funny that you mentioned that, like, not too often it happens. 
there's one other guy that did that. His name was Mike Comrie, but instead of going to the American League, <laughs> he kind of went to the show. <laughs> Do you? I, do, I don't know if you remember this, but speaking of this, the, the, how I found out about your junior career, more so anyway, rather than just on paper, um, we were in San Antonio at the airport, and I went into the bathroom, and I came back out, and you were the first, you were the, sitting there, and I said to you, "Hey, I just went to the bathroom next to Shawn Michaels." Do you remember that? I and then think you, so, went yeah. in, you went, and then you went into the bathroom to make sure it was Shawn Michaels. And came back out, and you're like, yeah, that was him. And that's when you told me about pool parties at Bret Hart's house, <laughs> jumping off trampolines into the swimming pool at Bret Hart's house, yeah, playing for the hit. That was, yeah, that was amazing. And that was one of the coolest things, too, because I was 16 years old, and I was a huge WWF <laughs> at the time yeah. fan. And obviously, I knew that Bret had a, you know, a part in the team, and you know, he would uh, usually invite us over to his house once or twice a year for barbecues and I tell you why he could have been the he was the nicest guy you ever met and but did he wear sunglasses you know, all the time please tell yeah, me he I did wrap around him yeah. to come out in his, in his pink outfit I wanted everything <laughs> greasy you know? hair wet hair yeah and but he was awesome he come into the come to all the games and every now and then he come down to the locker room and you know shoot the shit with the guys it was it was awesome like how could you it's not be like, I was going to say it's kind of like Craig Leopold's parties right yeah, yeah, that that was awesome too. <laughs> I think it was. I think I was. Me and Greg Zanner are still, uh, you know, the volleyball champions. Of I still have his uh, his whiskey on my wall over here. Do you really? I don't yeah, ever. I it's do. prob- probably probably worth a thousand dollars. I wouldn't open it. Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, for winning that volleyball tournament. You remember playing that? Oh gosh, I remember. Well, f- first of all, it's just his house is just ridiculous. Oh, you pull up to the yeah. front, the front drive and there is like it's hey he's got a piece of the berlin wall and people are like oh that's cool it's like a brick no it's yeah. like a wall of the berlin wall <laughs> yeah and and uh the the big dinosaur bone when, when the dinosaur yeah right a thigh bone from the in the solarium yeah. we'll call that a solarium and, and, the, and we only saw like one little section of that house i mean there was probably like six or seven other sections yeah it's like a hotel and we'd play volleyball and uh and sheldon brookbank said to, uh, we were there and he's changing his clothes getting ready for volleyball and he says you know what volleyball. volleyball yeah he's like you know he signs us to to play so he can watch us play on the ice and look what we're doing right now he's bringing us in here just so he can watch us play some more just court jesters <laughs> yeah here for my amusement yeah yeah, that was great. And then, and then uh, after volleyball, just going for swimming in the big swim- pool there. That was, yeah, you know, when was the Rainforest Cafe designed it? Or designed it. Like that? And, and Nathan Lutz was just jumping off of everything he could, <laughs> anywhere he could climb up and jump off of into the pool. He was doing it. He did. He's like, I'm only going to be here one time. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it probably had to do with like the 18 Miller Lights we all drink too that night. Yeah, uh, I mean, maybe, <laughs> just maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you you become a pro that year, and the team is – guys showed up a little late. Like, Herkus signed a little late, and Brad Tiley signed a little late. But and Gamash the team gets, is, gets traded yeah, Gamash a little bit gets late. traded in, yeah. Um, so, but, but the team, for the most part, is established. So how do you make your mark when you come in? How, and, it, and was it an awkward situation coming in? I, you did have camp and, with most of the guys. And here's, yeah. here's a question I have for you, too. 
Do you know who the contract is that left that allowed you to sign? Because I don't. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, you know what, Curly? I have no idea on that. Um, it could have been. It could have been a contract, or it could have been just they didn't have enough money and they weren't yeah. gonna. Anyways, I'm sorry. I, no, I interrupted no, no, no. Aaron. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but uh, going, Aaron, uh, to answer your question, yeah, like um, it wasn't awkward because I knew everyone and I was buddies with everyone. So I kind of came into it. I felt like I was already part of the team. Um, you know, I've, I went to summer camp for a few four years, years three, four years. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew, you know, I knew Uppy, I knew uh, Fitz. Fitz actually picked me up at the airport and, you know, he was my roommate that year on the road and, I couldn't have had a better guy to, you know, kind of, you know, mentor me my first year. Um, even though he wasn't like so much of a mentor, it was more of a, uh, you know, a, the party you know, director. Yeah. So uh, he was, he was awesome. Um, and, you know, Claude was, Claude was great for me. He was, I don't think, uh, to be honest with you, I wouldn't have been a, the, the right professional hockey player if I didn't have Claude Noel as my head coach. Um, he kept kept us accountable, and so you know he was tough on the on the rookies, but so so be it. He should right. Like I remember, um, we were first place team the whole year, but you know he always made me. I remember his mean Greg Zanet, you know, always ride bikes after practice or you know extra work on the ice and stuff like that. And everyone else was you know in the car going to the McGillicuddy's and me Zanet still on the ice shooting pucks, but. Uh, uh, just the way it was, right? He just um, he he wanted you to learn how to be a, a pro, and um, honestly, it was uh, it was great. And you know, my four years there, I'll never forget. Yeah. When when do you know that this is uh, like this is you guys are really good that this is a special team and it's got a chance to to do some damage in the playoffs? I I think. Kind of throughout the year, uh, we had we just kind of knew we just got better and better. Um, you know, I got there in right at the second half, so right at Jan January first, right? Sure, I was there, and um, you know, we just we just got better and better. And then when we were we were peaking going into the playoffs, yeah, we had that first round series against Cincinnati that went to Game Seven, but I feel that. They, you know, we still kind of dominated that series. Um, they had, and plus they had a great team too. They had Ilya's Br- Brizgalov was their goalie, and uh, you name it. Kunitz was on that team. Like they were right. You know, those guys ended up being, you know, winning the Stanley Cup. You know, in two thousand and seven. So, you know, Joff, I think Joffrey Lupul was, was on that team. was on that team. Sheldon Brookbank was on that team. Rookie was there. So they were a great team, um, and then. We had that epic uh, series against Chicago, which was uh, – that was probably, what I think, one of the best series I've ever been a part of. Um, each game was so close, and they had a stacked team too, and they were more of a, a veteran team. And uh, that was like knock, knock down, drag them out series. And I remember um, when Darcy scored. I was on the ice when Darcy scored in uh, double overtime there. Yeah, and I just remember like chasing him down and throwing him against the glass, and it was just—it was unbelievable. That uh, I was gonna say real quick, Matthew Darsh is a guy that we don't talk enough about. I mean, he—he's a guy who was kind of a a journeyman, and it took him a long time before he became an NHL regular. But my goodness, was he a good player? 
Oh yeah, he was he was excellent. And I mean, let's just look at his uh, his uh, hockey career. I think he he played four years of Canadian University, and right. to um, to really to make it out of Canadian University is like next to impossible. There's there's him. I know there's Joel Ward who was a stud too, and your teammate Bracken Kearns. Yeah, Kearnsy. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Like it's. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's amazing not. It's not common, though. Like it's you growing, say. but oh. yeah, especially back then, it wasn't happening as much. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's amazing, um, you know, to see that, and and especially with Darcy too. Like, it, yeah, he was in the minors for another like six years, and then you know he was you know thirty one before he became kind of a regular. I feel right. and obviously had a great career with uh, with Montreal and and Tampa there. And and he's a super smart guy, and that's why he's doing so well outside of uh, outside of hockey kind of thing. Yeah. He's uh, he was part of the NHLPA, and and uh, he's really helped the you know the league kind of and kind of go. A lot of people don't know this, but his brother played in the NFL. His brother was a long sla- a long snapper in the NFL for the Seahawks when Seattle, when yeah. Math when in, in 0304, his only year in Milwaukee. His brother was in uh, Seattle, and I know he took a. Seattle played Green Bay. He took a bunch of the boys up to uh, to Lambeau to see it. Yeah, that's awesome. And it was funny. Like I was, I was uh, when all the guys were were talking uh, after your last podcast. We kind of had a few messages, and I was I was kind of just told the story quickly about uh, Darcy and how uh, when I was at camp. So this is before I got sent back to to Calgary, and I was his roommate, and I was nervous. You know, Darcy was probably twenty. 28 maybe at the time and, and, and he's 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 not a real like he's a nice guy but he's not a come slappy on the back hey Siegs, nice to meet you how you doing bro type of guy <laughs> exactly yeah so he you know it is our first time in the in the hotel we're staying at um oh geez but uh can't remember the hotel in milwaukee there that we always stayed at but anyways I, i'm his roommate and you know, Darcy was an older guy. I think he was married. He had just had a kid, so he wanted to get some sleep. And he turns off the TV at, you know, not at night. In fact, then, in, you know, when I was 20, I didn't have any, you know, my cell phone didn't have any internet or anything like that. So <laughs> I, I remember the sun was still out and he's sleeping. And I, like, he turned off the TV and I'm just a rookie. So I just sat there and staring at the wall until, you know, midnight, one o'clock, just, Oh, am I gonna fall asleep here? Like I was debating just like going to get some food, or uh, that's funny. <laughs> that's awesome. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that, know your role. Yeah, no, you exactly. Yeah, and no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I hope you remembered that when you were a veteran and you had a rookie for a a roommate that you weren't turning the TV off at nine o'clock at night. No, no, no. I keep them up. You know, we want to talk. I'm, you know, that's I was the. Uh, I'm a, I'm a team player. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Let's uh, let's go back to that Chicago series, um, and another overtime goal that happened in that game. Maybe the most famous goal, one of the most famous goals in Admirals history, is Tony Herkus's goal in double overtime of game number one, where he just bats the puck out of the air. Where were you when when that? Do you remember the play? And where were you when it happened? Did you realize what was happening when it when it went down? Yeah. You know what's funny? This is a good story. I uh, I didn't play that first game, so I was in the stands, so I got a pretty good view of it. Right. And uh, the funny thing is, I was sitting with uh, a few of the guys who weren't playing that that night, and 
some of the wise, we're all sitting together. So what we did is we all picked a player for overtime and we all threw a buck in. <laughs> he was going to score the overtime goal. And then it was, uh, I think it was Fizz's wife that won, won the pot. <laughs> so Fizz's wife doesn't even pick Fizz. She picks uh, her. <laughs> I remember that. I picked Fizz first. Oh, you first got it first. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Fizz even had a shift. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. That's good stuff. So you yeah. saw the whole thing happen. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. I mean, Perkis, he was 38 at the time, and he was probably the best player on the ace easily. And uh, and just They talk about hockey sense. You t- people, oh. they, they throw that term hockey sense around, right? And, and, yeah. and to me, I, I've been following Tony for 35 years back when he was in college. And to me, Tony Herkus is the epitome of hockey sense. Absolutely, without a doubt, and he was he was great for our team too. And he he honestly calmed everything down, and he he would just he wouldn't he wouldn't warm up or do anything. He'd just sit in his stall and and have a coffee. And then he would come out actually and play some uh, two touch with us. But uh, he was awesome. And then talk about hockey sense. That that team was full of hockey sense. We had the guys on our team, Darren Hader and Herkus and. You know, Hutchie on the back end and Murphy and Tylee and, oh, you name it. Even, even Wade Flaherty in that. I was going to say, can a goalie can a goalie have hockey sense? Because you've got Wade Flaherty. That would seem to be the guy. He Honestly, he was a, he was incredible. He To me, he was our best player. I, I thought he was just – he was amazing. Um, and what a guy, too. Um, you know, he was – and that was that was a great thing for me coming in as a twenty year old. I got to I got to learn from these guys. You know, these older veteran guys. It's not like that anymore. You know, it's with the veteran rule there, and you know the league is just getting younger. It's just the way it is. But uh, I I love coming in and you know and soaking up everything from those older guys that I could. Did you ask? Were you a guy who asked questions, or did they offer, or was it just observing? I I did everything. I. I would uh, ask questions. I would observe. I would. They would come up to me and, you know, give me some tips and, and, um, you know, and, and there was no like. It wasn't. Um, there was no like. Uh, I felt like, you know, a veteran or presence that you can't go up and talk to. Everything. Everybody was so welcome on that team, and um, you know, that's that's you know, pretty much the reason why we won. Yeah. We win it in uh, in Wilkesbury, and I, we've asked this. For, I've asked this of every guy we've talked to from that team. We're we're up big, big in game four. And you're a rookie, so what's what like? What are your thoughts with a, a minute to go? Are you thinking like, okay, I'm going to be the first one in the pile? I'm uh, I'm jumping on everybody. Like, are you try? Are you not looking at Claude because you're like, I want to be on the ice when this happens? Or you're not looking at the bench? Like, I'm not changing. I'm staying out yeah. here. What's what's going through your mind? That's funny. I, I, I get, I've always been the guy that gets overexcited for everything. So I'm <laughs> like, you know, if I, you know, we score a big goal, I'm so pumped. I, I love it. You know, we score overtime goal. I'm first off the bench. I'm running to that pile. And if you see, if you watch the game, uh, game four there I, at the end, I'm one of the first guys jumping on, you know, flats. You so, sure are. Uh, I, I, yeah, I was, I was pumped. I remember when, when I think Darcy scored that overtime goal in game one, that tip in, I, I'm pretty sure that I was the first guy 
and I was on the bench. I was the first guy to, to grab to, to get so to I him. was off the bench to get to him, off the bench, hugging him before anybody on the ice was there. So, I mean, uh, it was, uh, it, it was incredible. I, I know to, to, to score a goal in that in game four there too was, was unbelievable. And, you know, yeah, you're going back to looking at the clock. You're hoping you're just like, hurry up and let's get this going here. Right. And right. Um, I, it was unbelievable experience. How about the celebration? What do you remember from the celebration? Um, in the in the locker, I just remember just you know the champagne just flying everywhere, and um, uh, you know that was remember, the, that was the uh, finest uh, that was the finest champagne that you could get at, at a pharmacy, right? You knew that, <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, we uh, I remember Ray Schultz was uh took a shower in all his gear because uh you know it's the championship because why not <laughs> why not so i was dying laughing at that and then the huge uh party at that like just that little it, dive restaurant was, next to the hotel and it was like a bennigan's or something right I like think, <laughs> i think it was a bennigan's i think you're right i was gonna say i was gonna go and and uh yeah uh geez. Bennigan's, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was a quite quite the party. And I just remember the next day driving to the airport, and the beers are flying on on the drive to the airport. And I just remember Hutchie was the absolute star that next day in the flight on the way home. And <laughs> I yeah. I can see that for sure. Yeah, he was number one star. Like you talk, you talk about a guy with uh, like the driest sense of humor you'll ever meet. But like when he got rolling, he was just, he was hilarious. Like he, he had everybody dying. Yeah. He's, he could be one of the funniest guys I ever met. And uh, I got, I got lucky. I was lucky enough to play with him again. And when I played in the KHL with him, so. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. So he was again, awesome people, great family. And, you know, it's, it's just, it sucks that uh, it's just the way of life that you kind of disconnect. But uh, I mean, just like you guys, you know, I was just talking with you guys. It's like, we never left. I seen you, I saw you last week at McGillicuddy's having the Miller Light. Yeah. That's, that's sort of what it feels like, right? It's, yeah. it's such a, it's, it's an unbelievable season for you. It's a hell of a start to your career. You talk about the the disappointment of not having a contract to winning a championship as a rookie. That's, that's flat out unbelievable. That can spoil a kid. No, seriously. And, and, and the funny thing is like everyone says, well, it's going to be, you know, hard to get back there. You might not ever get back. And then two years later, we, we went back, back again, and almost won it again against Hershey there. And, and technically during the lockout year, we, we I, had a chance as well. Yeah, I, I think that the team the next year might even have been a more – it was a more talented team. I mean, strictly because you had Jordan Tutu's come in, comes down to play. You had Dan Hughes come down to play. Ryan Suter, yeah. Ryan Suter picks, was yeah. a, a rookie on that team. So like you had, but the whole league was stacked. Jason Spezza yeah. was, was playing, and uh, uh, so the, yeah. whole, the whole team was stacked. But how do you come into that year? It's your first full year but you have no chance to make it in the NHL. So like, 
what's going through what's your thought process how, what's going through your head especially early on yeah it was it was interesting um i think it was i think it was on my way to or almost on my way to going to camp in in nashville and then they canceled the season um so i went you know straight to milwaukee and um you know, I knew it was going to be kind of a tough year just because we were carrying 15 fours that year. And I was still one of the young guys in the team. I was, I think I was still the youngest on the team. Right. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it was, that was a kind of a tough year for me. Because you got um, sent down. You had to go to Rockford. Yeah, I, got, yeah, I ended up getting sent down and played in, in Rock Vegas. Uh, <laughs> which In the U-Haul. Yeah, was probably the best thing for me because, uh, you know, I got to play down there. And uh, I actually had a hell of a lot of fun. But um, it, it prepared me for, like, the next year, you know, taking a bigger role with the team. The next two years after that, I took a bigger role with uh, Milwaukee. And, and um, but, uh, yeah, it, I mean, the locker was kind of, you know, it was kind of disappointing, obviously, for everyone. And because um, it, it pushed so much down and people weren't playing the way, you know, they thought they were. And obviously for myself, uh, yeah, it just uh, it was a tough year. But it bounces back the next season, and as you said, it ended up in the in the finals again against uh, against Hershey. Um, that season, I look at that team, and you had a new guy in goal in Pecorine. You had uh, your defensemen are Shea Weber, Kevin Klein, Greg Zanin, Sheldon Brookbank. I mean, it's just, Rick, Rick Barry, Barry. Won a Stanley Cup. I mean, yeah. it's just ridiculous how much talent was on that team. It was it was unbelievable team, um, and. Oh, we were tough too. Super tough team. Um, you know, we had TJ Reynolds on that team as well. Yeah, TJ um, and, and Jeremy Yablonski. And, yeah, yeah, Yabo yeah. was there Yabo. too. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, we had as another great season too. Uh, I don't think anyone expected us to kind of be that good at the at the start, but uh, it was kind of similar to the year we had in in '04, where we just can just got better and better and on and in playoffs like we were unbelievable in playoffs um again going to game seven because we were up three uh, one and i think Iowa, we right? got a little too complacent because we kind of we we had our own way with iowa that year and then you know give them credit they fought hard and, and then yeah in game seven we um yeah it was jake was, morland was jake morland game. Yeah, yeah, more like yeah. it was. It was his first game with us, wasn't it? It was his right. second game. He no, he played game six, and he we got shellacked. Yeah, and oh, and then yeah, because Finner was hurt. Yeah, that's right. Was Pekka hurt. was up, and Finner was hurt. Yeah, yeah, and then he stood on his head, and we got. I think we got our weapons back from Nashville too, did we not? Or go one of them two? that game. One just of them toots. that game. Just two two that game. Yeah, toots that came in, and, yeah. and then we got, and then we got the Pekka, and then and webs and uppy back right and we just oh, went on a little bit of a tear we won what nine games in a row 10, ten straight ten straight game games, seven to yeah. game one to game seven oh, yeah, to game one of the, yeah. the championship series yeah, yeah. we were, was, a few years ago we were talking with brookbank and this is more than a few years ago now it's probably actually probably during the the the, the beginning of the 12 13 season that lockout year yeah and uh and sheldon said if if there wasn't such a delay between the series, and if there wasn't such a delay in that Hershey series between game two and three, yeah. and we have to throw in the caveat because we've been we've been doing this all along. 
if Chris Beach isn't traded at the trade deadline, maybe the Admirals are celebrating their second cup in three years. No, seriously. A lot of ifs. Uh, a lot of yeah. Yeah. A lot of ifs. I mean, Hershey still had a, they had an unbelievable team. They did. But um, yeah, that was tough. You know, uh, we had, you know, what was it? A week in between playing Houston and, or not Houston, or actually maybe yeah. it was Houston and Grand Rapids. Houston and Grand, Grand Rapids. Rapids yeah. yeah. And then when we played Grand Rapids after that, and then, like, I mean, Grand Rapids, what did they have, 116 points that year? Yeah, and Don, Don McLean scored, like, 52 goals or something like yeah. that. And Yeah, and we steamrolled those guys. And then, um, yeah, that was tough because I remember that, you know, because it started to get nice in Milwaukee, so we obviously were going to the patios and we, we'd be laughing. It'd be, you know, 25, I mean – I guess it would be what 80, 80 degrees outside, and you know we'd be having a you know some lunch and a couple beers outside. We're like, oh, you know, we're going to the finals here right now, and <laughs> so it was kind of it's kind of a weird situation. And then obviously between between game two and game three it was ridiculous. Like you can't have a week off, and I understand like is. American League, American League wants you know the revenue on the weekends and stuff like that. Or I don't know if it was maybe building. They, oh, building a, they had some graduations in there or something. Graduations? Oh, okay, I understand. But it's – yeah, that was tough. And But we still go into game three, and we shut them out 2 nothing. I think they only had, like, you know, 12 shots on net, so we played unbelievable. And then right. after that, we, um, our you know, discipline was just terrible after that. We were, uh, we're in the box all the time, and their power play was, was awesome. It was just deadly. Yeah, yeah. they had a yeah. good power play. I, I was at that – that summer, after that was over, I was at a party in Madison uh, for some people who worked at the University of Wisconsin, and I met Kirk Dobbinsbeck. And Dobber was the backup goaltender to Freddie Cassivi in that championship series for Hershey. And, okay. and Kirk says to me, if we didn't get Beach, we wouldn't have beaten you guys. No, and, that was just, and that was just a dagger. That was just a knife in the heart when he says that, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's so true. I mean, Beecher was our best player when we had him, and it was just like – Okay, see you later, buddy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just the way, just the way that the business works, right? And um, and obviously they benefited from him because I think he was their best player in playoffs, and um, probably had a chip on his shoulder. I would think, oh, right? Yeah, for sure. And then the funny thing is, we beat we beat him in '04, right? He was in Wilkes, right? Right, right. he was. He, yep. He, he probably didn't want to go down, you know, 0 and two against Milwaukee. To Milwaukee, yep. Yeah. That's so, uh, it is what it is. That exactly, and but that there too. We talked about the talent in the playoffs. You've got Hadar, Kloss, and Gamash. You've got Peverly, Tutu, and Upshaw. You're out there with Chris Derno. I mean, it, just and Libor Pivko, about, who's an yeah, amazingly yeah, skilled yeah. player. Piv had 60 assists that year. Derno had 20. I mean, it's just yeah. the offensive ability out there was just amazing. Yeah, it was. Uh, as I said, their team was stacked that year, and um. Yeah, Pivot was playing center in the playoffs uh, with me and Journal, and that guy was just silky smooth, and and he had all the poise. I don't think he broke a sweat all game. He was kind of that <laughs> guy that he could, yeah, he would, you know, could take the puck end to end and right. you know, set up a set up a nice saucer pass to you know Hades or or you know Gamash or something like that, and, and then he'd come in the back to the bench and I don't think he'd ever break a sweat. Cause I, I swear that he took three strides and he was from the goal line to, to the red line. Like, yeah, like he just was so smooth. Like you're saying like, yeah. uh, yeah. And, 
And he was a great guy, too. I love Piff. I had a great time with that guy. Right. His English was good, but he's from Czech, so he had this accent. And so he would, like, he'd skip uh, articles, right? He wouldn't say the or ah uh, or whatever. And, you know, he Charlie Wimp, you know, or something like that. He would say that to me. I played him in ping pong quite yeah. a bit. Oh, he was a great ping pong player. He was a great player. ping pong and player. The, and the fact is that he understood everything you said but he had you know selective hearing he could play that card that you know if he was getting in trouble from uh claude or something like that he'd pretend they could speak english <laughs> <laughs> you were able to win another calder cup i'm curious if the winning is great right i mean there's no doubt about that but i'm wondering if the if the high of winning is greater than the low of losing you know what? That's a that's a good, really good question. I think, um, yeah, it sucks to go all that. That's the worst part is going all that way, battling, you know, for through four rounds and then you know not coming home with the championship. Um, but uh, you know, I was I was uh, fortunate enough to win two of them, and I tell you what, there's not a there's not a better feeling in the world uh, winning a championship. Let's. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking about it right now. It's, we, we've skipped a quite a bit of time in your career, but we're here. Let's talk about that team. Most, maybe the, most, the, the longest winning streak in American Hockey League history. Uh, I can't remember if it's the longest yeah. winning streak in pro hockey history or not. Um, but like, what was that like? And uh, I, I, Trevor Smith. What was it kept, 28? Was it 28? 28 games, yeah. Yeah. And Trevor Smith was the captain of your team. He was our captain a couple of years after that. And like he, he had said to me one time, he's like, it did, we just knew we were going to win. At, at, once that streak was at four or five, we'd come in third period down to 10 minutes to go. It didn't matter. We knew we were winning. Like how incredible was that? That was uh that was amazing team is I got traded from um, Rockford to, uh, to Norfolk. And uh, I would, uh, it was on a road trip. I was there for, it was Binghamton, Hershey, then Wilkesbury. So I was there for three days. And um, we, I think it was maybe six, seven, and eight. That was, that wins in a row. Yep. And then I went up to Tampa the rest of the season. Oh, you did? Yeah. And then I came back for playoffs and they were still on the streak. And, <laughs> so, but you guys lost the first game of the playoffs, right? We won the first game, lost, lost game the second game. Okay. Yeah, lost the second game. But I feel we needed to lose anyway. It was just like, you know, it was kind of in our, in our heads and we need to refocus for playoffs kind of thing. So right. we needed to lose just to be like, okay, we're not worried about the streak anymore. Now it's about playoffs. Let's get going. That's John Cooper's team, right? John Cooper yeah. coaching? Yeah, and I, I tell you what, he's – yeah, I, I've been lucky. I've had some amazing coaches in my career. And yeah, he's he's right up there. Well, I was gonna say you won you won with Claude and you won with with John Cooper. I'm curious what the the similarities are between those two. Um, and they're different know, points in your career, mind you, when yeah. when you're dealing with this. Yeah, we we different points. Obviously, I was uh, you know a veteran um, with uh, in, with Norfolk and with Claude, I was you know a rookie and. Um, you know, I had a way way bigger role role in, in when I was in Norfolk. You know, I was I think I probably led the team in, in minutes played for Fords. Um and 
no, it was, it was just, uh, they both had, you know, great, uh, hockey, hockey minds, you know, Claude was more, more detailed oriented, you know, very, um, you know, very structured where you know, Cooper was, is more of a, you know, he's, he likes to, you know, get the team to gel and, and bring everyone together. And he's very team you know, oriented and, you know, he would, he, his big thing was, um, you know, outside of hockey, he wanted to go to everyone's house and have dinner and really get to know everyone and see what their family's like. And, and then I thought that was a great, really like great aspect of it. So no, absolutely, you played that, that series had uh, one of the strangest endings to a game in Calder cup history, certainly. And I think it's game three. Did you guys sweep in the finals or was it four games or five? Yeah, games? Swept, swept in the finals. Swept in the finals. Twice you swept in the twice, – twice, twice swept in the finals and twice won it as an admiral. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> so game three, I think it is then, right? So the puck gets dumped in. The goalie goes back to uh, – for Toronto goes back behind to play the puck, but it takes an odd bounce off the boards and into the net, and you guys win. What? Yeah. what talk about that that play and where were you for that? Were you on the ice? You, uh, you got to go back and watch the play, Charlie. You should, you should really, really watch it. Yeah, well, because, someone is uh, way offside. Someone's offside by 10 feet. Was that you? <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I, it was funny. So I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I took the puck from my, like kind of our blue line. I kind of went in and, you know, got a pretty decent shot off on that. And I see them kind of pick up the puck and kind of shoot it out, shoot out of the zone. So I'm kind of turning around, kind of getting, trying to get out of the zone and kind of go back to the bench for line change. Are you on the bench side? I think the puck gets dumped on the far side. Yeah. So I was kind of curling. So I had my back kind of to the play, but I was way offside. Oh yeah. But I was just going back to the bench for a line change, thinking that he was just dumping in which he really was, he was. Mike Koska and uh all of a sudden I'm skinning back to the bench and then I just see everyone hop off the bench and start skinning I'm like what, what what's going what, on what here just happened? yeah and then it wasn't until I saw the replay and then it wasn't until the next day where I realized I was way offside I had no I had no clue what was going on so <laughs> but it was kind of I always say that it was meant to be like we we deserve to win that game and win that series we we worked so hard and uh you know we we were just we we're such a dominant team too and as i said we were really close just like the team was in milwaukee as well is it apples and oranges i mean it's hard is it hard to is it easy to choose differences and, and which is better and all of that i mean or, or is it, it, it is it more satisfying the longer you play and the fact that you realize that it's not as easy as it was your rookie year, perhaps? No, I think you're I think you're right there when you, when you said it's not as easy as you know you think it you know your rookie year you're you're like oh it's pretty easy to get to the finals or you know we're, and I'm going to be on the team you know for the next few years we should be going again which we actually end up going but uh, I mean looking at my career. I think in the in the American League, it was only in Milwaukee, and then in, in Norfolk were the only times I made the playoffs, and then wow. I went to the finals three times. So wow. I mean, it's like it's kind of bizarre how the way it worked out. It, 
Yeah, it was it was all or nothing for you practically. Huh? Yeah, seriously. I mean, hey, why not? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think and I think a lot of people. I'm not going to waste my time in the first round, right? <laughs> <laughs> that uh, so you're you're in Milwaukee again for 06, 07, and that was such a transition year. Like yeah. uh, so many of the guys came in in 02, right? Uh, Hadar and and guys yeah. like that, and all the contracts were were up. those those entry level deals are gone. So so many guys have moved on. So it was such a a strange, I mean, yes, there was, you were there, Rich Peverly was there, uh, Cal O'Reilly came in, Pekka was hurt for the first half of the season. Yeah. It was such a, it, it was a different vibe around the team, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, uh, it was different. And again, like, we weren't, like, nobody had us penciled in to kind of do anything that year. And like, we, we worked so hard that year. And I think we put up, what, 92 points that season? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we had a hell of a year. And obviously it just it was tough that to go up against Chicago who, you know, they, they had were stacked. Yeah, they were stacked that year. But I mean, we still had a you know, we lost four straight, but we still had a pretty good first round against them. I think every game was one goal game and maybe an over an overtime overtime or goal, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, um, you know, it just because just it was four straight, it doesn't mean it was wasn't a battle, right? It was uh right. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um you know, it was, it was tough, like, leaving Milwaukee. I, I had, you know, I, I loved it. Um, you know, I kind of kind of grew up there. And, uh, you know, we had, as I said, we had awesome teams and great, great people on the teams. And, you know, but uh, obviously, you know, you need to move on, right? But uh, I still, you know, really if, hold uh, Milwaukee close to my heart. If I'm not mistaken, that whole season, it was you, Bracken Kearns, and Kelsey Wilson, right? I mean, that was, it, that was the trio all season long. Yeah, from like right from day one. Right from the beginning, yeah. yeah. And Claude never, Claude never broke us up. And he, I think he, he, he loved us. Uh, he, he relied on us and, you know, in situations. I remember we would go out there for, uh, you know, important face-offs in our own zone. We're obviously more of a, a check-in line than anything, but, um, you know, uh, you know, we worked hard and, you know, we, we just battled every night. Yeah. So it, you, you played a lot of games in the minors before you made it to the NHL, right? Yeah. How was that for you? And what did you need? What was the, what was the barrier for you? What did you need to improve to go from minor league player, very good minor league player to a guy who's, plays 50 games in the NHL in a season. I just think I, I need to find, uh, find my end. Um, I needed to, you know, kind of keep improving and, and work on all facets of my game. And I, and I did that. And I think uh, it's, it's amazing that a lot of times in, in hockey, it's, it's all about timing too. And you, I'm sure you guys heard that many times, you know, throughout, uh, throughout the season. Um and it just kind of worked out. I had an excellent year in Norfolk that year and, you know, made the all-star game. And I just think, uh, you know, finally getting my, my chance in, in, uh, in Tampa there. And then the following year with, uh, with LA, I had a great camp. And I think I was down till November and then I was up the rest of the year. So it, it was, you know, it was pretty special. Go, go back to the year before when you get the call from Tampa Bay. Who's your, who was your coach? in Norfolk that year and who told you you were going up? What was that? What was that experience like for you? Yeah. And, and talk was, about your first NHL game. Yeah, that was, uh, 
It was pretty special. Uh, Darren Rumble was a was a head coach, and then Alan May was the assistant coach, um, who I, I love them, and they're they're great guys, great coaches, and um, so I was it was in bridge I was in Bridgeport uh, for a away game, and Alan May called me out of the dress room, and he told me so that was pretty special, and so pack your bag and go to uh, LaGuardia and uh fly out and i think it was funny i didn't even have time to really even get nervous because i flew in and i didn't get in i think the game started at seven i didn't fly in i didn't get into the dressing room until six i think they were watching <laughs> video as i you know had my bag and you know so it was put on your gear and go for warm-ups and it was against pittsburgh the first game and i had a, <laughs> yeah i had a great game and uh, it was pretty cool and then uh were your funny, parents there so my, it's like a, it's like a family story, but, um, I, uh, it was two games that weekend. I think it was, a a Friday, Sunday, or maybe like a Thursday, Thursday, Sunday games or something like that. So my parents were like, well, if you're up, I'm like, look, I'm going up tonight for my first game. Um, we can't make it from Vancouver to, to Tampa in time, obviously, but, I, uh, you know, there's a game on the weekend if you guys want to come to that. But I'm like, look, I might not have, I might get sent down. So I don't even know if I'll even be here. Right. Right. So they're like, okay, well let's, let's book flights. So they book flights anyways, just for the chance that I might, uh, might still be there. Might still be there. And anyways, I I called them after the game the next day I get sent down. So I called them and like, (laughs) look, I'm getting sent down hop on a plane. I go back to Norfolk. So they cancel all their flights. And then I'm, I'm in, I'm in Norfolk. I swear. I, I went out and had breakfast and 10 minutes into breakfast, I got a call being like, get back to the airport. You're coming, you're going back. Going back? So I had to, yeah, I had to go back. Get, I didn't, I didn't even unpack my bag. I just dropped it and went for breakfast. So I, anyways, <laughs> I packed my bag uh, or grabbed my bag, went back to the airport, flew all the way to Tampa Told my parents. My parents actually called back to the, you know, the the airlines. Got their flights back, and then they they all came out. My sisters and my brother in laws, and yeah, it was pretty cool. They came out for the weekend, but it was just total chaos. If, if you had my parents on here, and they would tell you the the whole story, and I guess it was just an absolute shit show. <laughs> I'm I'm sure it, it sounds like it. I can't yeah. imagine. <laughs> it yeah. sounds like it for yeah. sure. But worth it for them, I can imagine. Uh, for sure. No, it was it was definitely worth it and it was a great time. Went out for a nice dinner after the game and and then I ended up getting sent down <laughs> again day. after that game. <laughs> yeah. So they were still they were still in Tampa for another like day or two and then I was uh and I got sent down. Well, out of all the places that they've got to go to see you make your NHL debut, flying down to Tampa, that's okay, right? Yeah, I mean, beautiful city. You can't go wrong with Florida, but uh, it's just kind of a hike coming from Vancouver. Oh, yeah. I can't, I, yeah, I'm it sure. couldn't be any further, uh, right? Miami would have been the only one further. That's the, Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> I, you, you score the, the next season then. You're, you sign with L.A., right? Yeah, that's the next season. Yeah. So you you play there, and and I just looked up. You do you remember who you scored your first goal against? Chris Mason. Chris Mason. Yeah. Uh, do you remember he, the play? Uh, I do remember the play. Uh, you just was, deked him out of his shorts. No, it was uh, <laughs> it was um, me and Stoli uh, came up on kind of like um, it was a two on two, and he 
gave me the puck and I, I, I just was like, put my head down and shoot. So I you know, took a slap shot. But what happened was, is it went off Eric Johnson's stick, but, and it, and it you know, went perfectly top corner. So it looked like, <laughs> so it looked like, you know, if you watch it in, you know, fast time, it looks like, you know, I, you know, I scored this amazing shot, but you know, it had a little help from Eric Johnson. So yeah, people, hey, right. You know what? People believe what they see. So, uh, right? so there you go. There you go. Do you have the puck? I do have the puck. Yeah. It's downstairs in the frame. Oh, yeah. That's pretty special. What other yeah. kind of moment, mementos do, do you keep? Are you a souvenir guy? Do you keep anything? You know what? I, I wish I, um, I, I do you get sticks signed by teams at the end of seasons or anything do you, like do that? Do you have your, either of your Calder Cup jerseys? Yeah, yeah I, oh, I definitely have those. I wish I got my Milwaukee one. I wish I got that autographed by the whole team, which I did in, when I was in Norfolk. I remembered to you know, get that old autograph from the team. So that was pretty special. Um, you know, I had a couple sticks from from uh, some of my teammates. I have a Shea Weber stick from when he when we played together in, in Milwaukee. That was pretty cool because we were pretty good buddies back then. And um, you know, I wish I I wish I got more though from all the teammates that I played with. I played with some amazing players, some legends, and some Hall of Famers. And I wish I, you know, just was like, hey, can I get something autographed? But I wish I did that. But you know. Maybe wasn't it again? Then I ask him. <laughs> wasn't it Dean? Dean Evison had said that uh, he he was facing off with Gretzky or something, and he asked Gretzky for a stick for his kid after the game or something like that. <laughs> oh, I never heard that before. And, and I think that's how the story went, and and of course he got one right. That when he got back to the locker room, there was a stick waiting for him. So that, that, that's pretty sweet. I, again, I wish I I did that. I just was uh, I, I don't know, maybe too nervous to ask anybody. <laughs> well, you get in the moment, right? Yeah, yeah, you get, yeah I get it. Yeah, so I get it. When when you think back about Milwaukee and your time there, obviously it's a long time ago, but not what what comes to mind uh, outside of the hockey? Like, what was uh, what what were the what were your favorite things to do? Uh, what, what what kind of memories do you have when you think when someone says Milwaukee? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Um, to be honest with you, I always call it the hidden gem. It's it literally is. Um, everyone's like, oh, Milwaukee. Like, what's what's that like? I'm like, honestly. Probably one of the best cities I ever I've ever lived in. Um, I, I loved it, and I think it obviously helped that our team was so good and was so close. Even the uh, you know guys like yourself, you know Aaron and Charlie, like I was I loved you know having beers with you guys and you know going for lunch or something like that. And you know we were all very close together. You know like Aaron, you came you know halfway through the year when you know Fort Schultze passed away there, and you know you did an amazing job and. You know, but we were always kind of the whole organization was really close. So and um, and just the city itself was so much fun. And that little street called Water Street that was uh, <laughs> a frequent quite often. And, um, you know, a lot of, as I said, a lot of fun, um, you know, uh, a lot of great memories. That Darren Hadar's dog is named Gilly. For yeah. a reason, right? Well, yeah. Well, that's where he met. He met uh, his Sarah. Waitress. Yeah, he met yeah, Sarah. Sarah. She was a waitress at. She was going to school at MSOE and uh, was waitressing yeah. there. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And I have to say, like, uh, that was amazing job what you guys did for Hader. That was, uh, you know, very well respected hockey player and teammate of mine. And um, you know, that was an amazing jersey retirement that you guys did for him. It was. A, it was a blast. Uh, I was thinking about. When when Charlie had said that he had reached out to you and you you had agreed to do this, 
I was thinking about the last time I spoke to you, and I don't know if you remember it specifically, but you were playing in Hartford, and and we spoke, and it was after that horrible Sandy Hook situation, and you and a few teammates had gone up to pay respects and and do what you could do, and I always thought that was really special. I was telling my wife about that earlier today. It was, uh, it was it was really. I know it's an awful time, and it's not necessarily in this lighthearted type of podcast that we we want to do, but. Uh, I think it's important to point out that uh, that yeah, you may have been in Hartford for a short time, and yeah, you know, four years in Milwaukee and whatever. But you guys, as as athletes, as as people, you become ingrained in these communities. I think that's important to note. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and that's that's one thing that um, you know I feel like you know pretty much all hockey players have they love to give back. I, I know myself, I, I love giving back. Um, I love going to children hospital, children's hospitals and, you know, paying visits to schools and any kind of, any kind of thing I could do to give back. I, I really enjoyed it. I love, you know, spending time, um, you know, with kids and, you know, and, you know, talking hockey or talking about, you know, what, or any, anything. And, um, obviously, you know, when that happened and, uh, in Sandy Hook there I think that was uh it was obviously it was a terrible situation and I just wanted to to do something just do something to know that you know the community and you know with the Connecticut whale were behind them and um yeah and I think anybody anybody else would have done the the same thing and and I'll say this uh I say it to the players at the beginning of the year I taught when I, I talked to people in Nashville uh, like from the Predators, like one of the things that they do is they draft and they sign good people. Quality like obviously people. their goal is to sign, is to ha- have the best team they can have, but rarely do they have, like w- rarely are guys come in, they're jerks. Like guys yeah. want, like yourself, want to be involved in the community, want to help kids. It's not, it, it is, it's never, it doesn't matter if we've, if we've lost five zip or lost three games in a row or whatever signing autographs is never it there's never a second thought to it it's like I you do it because you were that kid at that at some point and you want to give that kid or that fan the same experience that you have or and and, and just give back you know like the people who support you you want to support them right you're absolutely right and and that's the that that was great about Nashville they they did really hire or um, draft and, you know, sign very, you know, well-respected and good character, you know, players. And, you know, it just goes to show the, the teams that they put together in, in Milwaukee and obviously the success they've had in Nashville for, for a decade here, you know, they've been, been great. And, you know, you, you don't, you don't hear any, any problems coming from, you know, these teams. And uh, yeah, then that was, that was, you know, I, I still remember when, um, my second year when you awarded me, I, I was, I think I was in Rockford at the time and you awarded me the, the man, of the, man year. of the year. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, no, I appreciate that, Charlie. It was really special to me. And obviously, you know, it was a tough year that year. And, and, but I still like, you know, I still love to give back and I still loved, you know, if you asked me to do anything, I would, I'd be there for now, you. And, l- let me ask you this. Did you get a hundred bucks for that? Uh, I, I don't, but you, you know, next time I come to Milwaukee, you take <laughs> <it up>. <laughs> <laughs> Because they used to give the winners of each team, uh, uh, the guy got a hundred bucks. 
Yeah, and, I probably could have used that back then too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 20, 20, 21, 22 year old kid. I'd have got, gotten you a few beers at, at uh, McGillicuddy's or wherever. Yeah, no, 100%. But I can't remember when they stopped doing that. It must have been like you might have been the first year that they didn't do it, to be honest. Of course, yeah. Or maybe you just gave me the trophy and you guys. And I, I, got, I forgot. <laughs> to uh, yeah. to give that money to Oops. you and then all of a sudden you know 17 years later you're telling me that there's a hundred bucks win for me what is yeah what is inflation what is a hundred dollars yeah. 2005 is worth what today yeah right if we had invested so. that in apple stock and uh you know <laughs> exactly that's yeah. right what speaking of today uh, explain what you're what you're up to what are you doing now that you're uh, no longer a hockey a professional hockey player so um i've uh decided that i want to be a firefighter so I've been taking all the courses that I need to do, and I just got on with the Township of Langley Fire Department for paid on call right now. And um, once I kind of complete uh, all my all my the rest of my firefighting exam, then I'm gonna go for a career. There are so many guys. I mean, Brian Finley's in law enforcement. There are so many uh, Kelsey Wilson's in law in law enforcement. Uh, there are so many guys who do that as a, as a post playing career uh is it is it the and, and and i'm always curious and and i think i know the answer but the camaraderie the teamwork all of that stuff it kind of still has that locker room team type feel. of feel right yeah i think that had had a lot to to do with that decision as well um i you know it's a locker room mentality in a way it's a it's a it's very team oriented, right? You got to be a team player. You're all and, pulling uh, the same way. Yeah. It's a support thing, right? right. And uh, I just, when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a firefighter. I always wanted to play in the NHL. And then I always wanted to be a firefighter at the same time. So I was like, if I wasn't a hockey player, I would have been a firefighter. So, and then, you know, I'm, you know, lucky enough to kind of be able to do both here, you know, playing the NHL and now trying to start my firefighting career. And I've been enjoying it. I love the training. I love the, all the captains and, and, um, you know, all the firefighters that have been training me have been, you know, nothing but unbelievable. So um, really enjoying it and then uh, hopefully going career. But I've also been doing a lot of coaching too. So I'm still got, you know, my hands in the, in the, in hockey and, you know, uh, doing a lot of you so, know, kid, kids lessons and stuff like that. So, how, I mean, it, you ever get a kid who's like, uh, yeah, I'm Brandon Siegel, you know, I played, uh, you know, pro and they're like, who are you? I never heard of you. And you're like, Hey, listen, kid, I played over, I played over a hundred games in the NHL. Like, do you ever just start, you know, just, 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 just shouting them down these eight year olds. Listen, kid. <laughs> I know you, what I'm you doing. You tell your old man. You tell your old man to run up and down the floor with Lanier and yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. What do you think? You mentioned that because some of these kids these days, it's like I, I don't. I don't know what the, the, the new breed of uh, you know kids are coming out, but they're so so arrogant right now. So and then plus, but not even that. They're so good. They can do stuff that I never could on the ice. So it's not like I can really say much. They're like you know they're doing the you know the cross style goal with their eyes closed. I'm like. I'm basically asking them, how do you do that? <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny, but, uh, you know, I've been, I've been enjoying it. And, you know, to be honest with you, like the kids, are, the kids have been great. I, I, I coach a, a really good group of kids. Um, uh, and you know, I haven't had any issues and I, I work with some, some pretty good coaches as well. So been really enjoying it. Um, with COVID, uh, we opened up, um, or, rinks back on may 16th and i've already done you know over 35 hours of coaching since then so 
been been busy doing that been busy doing you know firefighting stuff i just finished training with the the township and now i'm on the floor so now i'm going to be answering calls and you know helping people out are you, are you ready to start cooking uh i i am you know i i've always you know what charlie i've always lived by myself when i was younger so i i had, so to, you had to, to do it yeah so i'm i'm i know my way around the kitchen okay but it's one thing to cook for one guy it's another no, thing okay. to cook for yeah, you gotta quadruple yeah. those 12 yeah, guys or yeah, whatever yeah. Um, I got a, I got a few, you know, recipes that are my go-to. So, you know, hopefully they don't boo me and, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, hopefully they'll like it. I mean, my wife and my kids like it. So hopefully that's, you know, so that, that, that's a pretty good bellwether. I think. Yeah, that's exactly. Good. Yeah. That's for sure. good. Anything else, Charlie? I think that's a great way to end. Absolutely. That is a great way to end. Brandon, it's great to see you. Great to talk to you, man. Best that's of luck great. to you. Stay healthy, stay well. And uh, it, again, it's just great to see you. Thank you so much. It's been great seeing you guys too. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Siegel. Uh, we appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. That's Brandon Siegel. Thanks for listening to this Milwaukee Admirals podcast.